Welcome to episode 120, sorry, 132 uh, of Dads from the Crypts. My name is Jason. Tonight, I'm joined by Jody. Hello. Hello. And Mondo's out, but we have a wonderful guest. She's a film scholar and a cheesehead. She goes by Ashton Leach. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, so I gave you two uh, qualifiers there. That I feel like you. I should give that opportunity <laughs> to uh, uh, expand on those. Uh, yeah, um, I guess I'll start with Cheesehead first. Um, I'm a new form Cheesehead. I've only been in Wisconsin for a couple of years now, but I'm really, you know, taking the cheese to heart, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, but from Arkansas originally and much identify with a Southerner instead. Um, but as a film scholar, I am a PhD student, uh, and I write about films for a living. Um, I teach film production and I mainly study geriatric sex and film. Um, so not really horror related, but like sometimes overlaps. Um, my love for horror came basically from when I was a kid and I was just able to carry it on in small ways. So I'm happy to be here to revisit that. Nice. So you just like watch Pearl over and uh, or sorry, X X. over and over again. That's what came to my mind. Uh, I definitely have. I've written many a paper about X, and so I've seen it quite a few times at this point. I need to rewatch that one. I liked it when I watched it in theaters, but I haven't seen it since. I need to go back. Yeah, I mean, the Max Scene trailer it. should be out any day now. Yeah. I'm uh, waiting. I'm counting down. I actually read when I was looking up news to talk about today that Ty West said he might have come up with enough stuff for a fourth movie in the series. So yeah. Go for it. Yeah, more. So, more yeah, I mean, the first... The first two were fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, very interested to see where uh, no, uh, the third one will go, much less the fourth. Yeah. Um, if Ashley, if people wanted to find your writings, where would they look? Um, right now, a lot of them are just like in film journals, unfortunately, that are like mm -hmm. paywalled for academics. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully, I will be able to send out some publications soon that aren't behind such paywalls. <laughs> and what other movies go under the geriatric sex genre? Um, so right now, geriatric sex is like really hot. It's a big topic, um, especially with you heard it here. Jane geriatric Fon sex is hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jane Fonda and Lily mm -hmm. Tomlin are like really uh, pumping out like eighty for Brady, the book club series of movies um and like are really yeah. starting conversations about older women enjoying life in their mm -hmm. later years and like in a way enjoying sex um and yeah, so that has been... Grace was, was really good too yeah yeah um, um and so that kicked off a lot of stuff yeah i i worked at a nursing home uh in, in my younger years and yeah there was a lot of hanky panky going on <laughs> yeah yeah, for sure. Um, on that note, <laughs> I don't know how to transition from geriatric <laughs> sex to uh, Black Mirror, but I just did it. Uh, tonight we're talking about Season 2, Episode 3 of Black Mirror. This episode is called The Waldo Moments. came out February 25th, 2013. Jody, give us a plot synopsis. Yeah, so this is the moment when I realized when I was looking something else up a minute ago, I accidentally closed my article <laughs> that I had with all my plot points. So hang on one second, because, uh, yeah. Okay. This is, this is a behind the scenes peek that I don't have all of this handwritten out. Sometimes I refer to Wikipedia when I get to this point, you know, I'm surprised you don't do that every week. Yeah. When I was doing tales from the crypt, I couldn't find good Wikipedia articles. Right. I had to write it all out myself. But now that we're on to Black Mirror, save me work. All right, so the Waldo moment. On a comedy show, there's a guy named Jamie, 
and Jamie plays Waldo. He is a animated blue bear, and he's got this whole like puppetry rig. Like when he moves his hands, he can make Waldo do different things. And his whole thing is he's rude. Like that's his his thing. He's rude and vulgar, and uh, they'll have public figures on the show uh, pretending it's television or children's television show, but he's just there to insult them. And uh, they have this uh, conservative politician named Leon Monroe who comes on and uh, he gets, you know, made fun of and he files a complaint about it. Uh, but all that does is just make Waldo more popular. Uh, they're going to make a TV show just for him. But meanwhile, Jamie, the guy who controls Waldo, he's unsatisfied with his life. He's, he just feels kind of depressed, feels like he doesn't have any real purpose. Um, his boss, though, uh, at this show named Jack, uh, notes that uh, he, that this conservative politician is about to become a member of parliament in an election, and uh, he says Waldo should run too. So Waldo does. Waldo, uh, the cartoon character, they basically harass this politician by driving around in a big truck that has Waldo projected on the side, and Jamie's inside controlling him. Uh, he keeps like goading him into confrontation while he's out there. And meanwhile, there's another lady running for uh, this same seat uh, for the Labor Party. Remember, this is uh, England, so there are more than two parties. Uh, the Labor Party candidate, uh, even though she's probably not going to win, and she and Jamie run into each other, and uh, Jamie's disappointed that he stuck being Waldo. Uh, Gwendolyn's upset that uh, she's not going to win. And so they kind of bond over that and have sex that night. And they say, we're going to continue this relationship, uh, but her campaign manager is a little alarmed that she's hanging out with the Waldo guy and says that uh, don't see him anymore during the campaign. All right, so uh, he continues to get more and more popular. People like Waldo because he's a, he tells it like it is. He's uh, a truth speaker. He doesn't, he, he's not from the establishment. And uh, they're invited to a uh, like debate thing with Waldo there and the other candidates. And uh, the candidate, the conservative candidate from earlier, uh, Monroe, he says, you know, he outs Jamie, says his name on TV and says he's just this failed comedian. He's, you know, nothing special. You, you think that this Waldo is a fun person, but he has nothing to say. And at this point, uh, Jamie kind of goes into a rant saying, you know, like, I'm more real than you are. All of you people don't care. Uh, it becomes the anti-establishment candidate. And it just makes him even more popular. And Jamie wants to leave. He's tired of this whole thing. Uh, but his boss basically says, like, I can do what you do. I can take over Waldo. I can be Waldo. And so if you leave, you don't have any say over what he does anymore. And even the... Uh, an American agent for the agency, like CIA guy, basically comes in and says, like, we could use a character like this to spread our message around. And uh, Jamie's just not that comfortable. He's, he keeps saying, I'm not political. I'm not political. Uh, so he tries to apologize to uh, Gwendolyn from earlier, but she's mad at him and says, you know, I would have come back to you after all this, but, you know, you basically... Oh, I, I missed that. He basically told a bunch of things that were said in confidence uh, to him uh, when they met. And so she's mad at him. Uh, the next day, they've got the truck out there, and uh, Jamie has he's got the Waldo on the screen, and a bunch of people gathered around, and basically he starts saying, don't vote for me. To vote for me would be stupid. Like, vote for literally anybody. I'm not a candidate. I'm just a loudmouth. And... Uh, the the guy who had been running Gwendolyn's campaign comes up and throws something at him, and everyone turns on this guy. So Jamie jumps out and tries to like protect him and says, you know, it's not uh, he's the he's the smart one. Do not vote for me. And at that point, his boss jumps on Jack and takes over as Waldo, and basically Jamie gets hauled off. Um, and then in we we find out the results of the election. Waldo did not win. Gwendolyn did not win. The conservative guy did win uh, exactly as expected. But almost immediately, Waldo says something like $500 to uh, anyone who throws a shoe. Right. You know, so instantly he, he kind of becomes this insurgency against the guy who won. 
and in the end, we see in the during the credits that Jamie is a homeless man, and Waldo is everywhere. He's on every channel. He's in different languages. He's yeah. in like a Japanese school, and basically they've used Waldo. They I don't know who they is. Probably the agency that we saw earlier to basically spread their messages around. And uh, Jamie gets sick of it, throws a bottle at the big screen, and the police come and attack him. And uh, that's that's the end. Another happy ending for Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ashton, you are our guest, so you can start us off. What do you think? Yeah, um, I have quite a few issues with this episode, um, as <laughs> many people do. Um I don't want to get too far into them quite yet, but I think there are a lot of things that it tries to do and it try, like doesn't successfully do any of them. And <laughs> therefore, it's a really big letdown on a topic that could be really significant if parsed out correctly. So rather disappointing for me. Yeah, I, I, see, what, I see what you're coming from there. I feel like this is way too much material. They're, they're running through it so quickly and there's so much ground that's fertile there that they could, could easily have been like a two-parter or extended um, episode. Um, and, that, and according to, I was all reading the Wikipedia and the, and the creator kind of said this, something to that effect that like you probably bit off more you could chew um, in this, but you know, we can only judge it on what it is when, you know, yeah. Um, one of the interesting things we kept, Jody, while I was listening to your descriptions, is you kept talking about the message, you know, this and that, but like, he really doesn't have a message. He doesn't have any stances, doesn't have any answers. He's just like, fuck this guy. Um, he's not even saying, like, I'm anti establishment. He's just really anti this person. It's just the personal vendetta. Um, which, again, uh, you know, we like to think that people vote with their minds and based on policies and yada 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 stances but really it comes down to uh, most decisions are made on the on the emotional level who do you feel most comforted by who do you trust the most who do you like the most more almost more so than um any sort of concrete um factual all right i feel like jace is being really careful here to like talk in abstraction <laughs> like like we're well, not we'll, we'll get to it. We're, we're, we're kind of warm we're kind of warming up a little bit you're, just, you're, you're being very careful I, so i remember watching this in 2013 when it came mm -hmm. out i'm thinking eh, it's fine it's a fine episode it's nothing special i remembered the bear uh in 2024 yeah uh, this episode feels like at least in some ways it has something to say because uh it was written about boris johnson uh which is england's conservative idiot who was in charge for a while and then Charlie Brooker, uh, somewhere around 2016 or so, started saying that the Waldo character reminded him of someone else uh, in politics. And so, I mean, he, he basically said this is a, you know, Waldo is Donald Trump. Like, they are the same person. Uh, except for, I don't think, at the end, you know, Jamie had a conscience. <laughs> I don't know that we have that problem <laughs> with our real life uh, bad guys and cartoon characters. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, well, Trump is a populist, so he's just taking whatever popular statement there is where right. Walt, he, Walt doesn't even have a, Walt doesn't even have a, have a stance on anything. He's not even Walt, trying to be Papa. He's just trying to be a little shit. Yeah. Walt, Walt yeah. has, he has no stance. He just, he can get a following because he's funny and entertaining and people think, you know, like he voting for him is a fuck you to the establishment. Uh, whether or not what Waldo's actually going to do when he gets there, who cares? It's still, you know, telling the establishment off. Um, well, then which I think a lot of people voted that way in 2016. They were like, right. You know, another Clinton, seriously, <laughs> we're, we're still in the, in these people. I'll, I'll flip a bird to the entire establishment by voting for this guy. And then we got the next four years, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the the biggest similarity is really is that they were just really going for clickbait uh -huh. to, start to begin with, um, and that kind of is self perpetuating. Um, where in the Black Mirror episode, they're trying to like commodify um, the interest that he generates, where they have um, a, a Waldo app 
where people can like mm-hmm. put up to their heads and talk like Waldo, and then like you get Waldo bucks, and they're like they're like trying to incentivize, which is you know, a, in a lot of you know uh, uh, people take an idea and they try to commodify it. Right. They're trying to make mm-hmm. money and stuff, and then and then they're using that you know to motivate people and like you know we'll show you where the polling is and you get Waldo bucks or I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that that kind of thing doesn't happen in real life, you know, where politicians well, not, just try to make a ton of money. Like, uh, you know, I've just bought some shoes the other day. They're yeah. like $399 solid gold <laughs> looks stupid, but you know, I'm glad yeah, to have like, I was about to say, yeah, they actually really do. It's not that obvious, <laughs> yeah, that was, but they were sarcasm. No. I was, I was leading. Okay. It. it was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they literally, yeah, they might not have like an app, but yes, I mean, yeah. I guess if you want to call it Truth Social, the, the sure, app, whatever, but <laughs> it's a thing that exists in the um, world. So, Jamie, what uh, uh, Ashton? What else? Um, I I don't know. One of the things I really have an issue with is the character development that happens or the lack thereof, really. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that would have been fixed with. It, an expansion of another episode or like some sort of mini series um, to take on this issue. But the one character that we're supposed to be the most sympathetic with, like Jamie, I personally don't care about it all. Like, Ooh. I think he does shitty things to other people because he's sad. And I think that you can be sad and not be a shitty person. And so he kind of like loses like the audience that way. And then all the other characters like are pretty one dimensional. They're like, this is what I do. And that's it. Um, I, I think mean, have you met a stand up comedian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you live in LA, um, there's like, they're dime a dozen. So that's the running joke. Yeah. Um, I think like Monroe is probably like the most accurate character to like mm-hmm. that sort of person that you would meet. I mean, he keeps face and, like, he has complexities of, like, on screen and behind the screen that I think work mm-hmm. really well. Um, but, yeah. He's played a really good actor, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, the actor who plays him is by far, like, the best actor on this episode. Uh, well, yeah. Tobias, and, 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 and that character knows the game and he's trying to, he's playing yeah. the game just like everyone else. But, he, like, but, he's, yeah, he, he, he's a guy, though, I've seen him. Uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, he yeah. had a role in there. He was in mm-hmm. uh, Outlander. Was the big one uh, season one of Outlander, and yeah. he's a good bad guy. Like he he can be a complete piece of crap. And I feel like he yeah. played the, this role really well. He's just he's the best actor. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the one who played Gwendolyn. I thought she. I, I, like I, her actually, too. I thought she. I enjoyed her. Um, so we'll do the rundown. This is directed by Brian Higgins. Um, Nothing of really big note, at least for American audiences. Jamie Slater is played by a comedian named Daniel Rigby. Um, his biggest thing he did, he did like 120 episodes of Teletubbies as a narrator. <laughs> so he's used to doing voices. There you um, go. Gwendolyn's played by Chloe Peary. Um, she was in The Crown and The Queen's Gambit. Um, the, I guess, supervisor, manager, head of studio, whatever you want to call him. Um, is named Jack Napier, which always makes you think of Batman. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, it's played by Jason Fleming. He has a huge resume. Um, he was in X-Men First Class as Azeel. He was in Hannah. He was in the horror movie Mirrors, which one of the best kills of all time with Amy Smart. He was in Seed of Chucky playing Santa Claus. Um, he was in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and From Hell. Um, he was in Snatch. He was in Deep Rising. He was also in Spice World. Hey, if you're a British oh. actor in that time period, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Liam Monroe is played by Tobias Menzies. He was in The Crown, Game of Thrones, Underworld, Casino Royale, Rome, Outlander. So um, really good cast in this one. Um, and then some of the more background stuff is, uh, you know, they're talking about how the, the concept of Waldo was kind of like the based off the band gorillas, you know, what if someone took the concept, the concept of, you know, an animated avatar, um, but made it a political or, you know, some sort of icon. Um, yeah, also, gorillas was doing that for 20 something years. Mm-hmm. And 
I still have no idea who anybody in that band is. I, I just know the characters. Right. 100%. <laughs> Um, and then what's interesting is at the very end during the credits, when they're kind of showing the different Waldos um, throughout the throughout the world, there is a advertisement for Abby Khan on the show Hot Shots, which is a nod to the previous episode, 15 Million Merits. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole like idea that all of the Black Mirror episodes are interconnected somehow, which you know obviously really can't be because especially when they go to some really weird places. But um, I think just like to put in Easter eggs every once in a while. That oh yeah, I mean, 15, 15 million merits is an entirely different world where people like work out for points and stuff, and that's mm-hmm. not the Waldo world. So I don't want to say they're connected, but I do like a little Easter egg every now and then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, going back to the political stuff a little bit, I think we were talking about this before the show that like the most biggest departure from our reality is that in our reality Waldo would have won the election. Yeah, just you know, as 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 it actually happened. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean it. It's twenty twenty four, so you know we get to relive all of our election anxiety for like the third time. <laughs> it's exciting. Well, and then you know Waldo tells someone to um, throw a shoe or attack this guy. Yeah, he says first one who punches him gets five hundred quid earlier yeah, so and again, I seem to remember some speeches that said if you get punched i'll pay your legal bill or you he, if you punch somebody i'll pay your legal bills or hmm. if you go to the capitol building <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, i think uh, we've made our politics pretty clear <laughs> over the last 200 something episodes but you know, you know i will say our only negative review we have on apple is says like something along the lines of good show too woke Oh, <laughs> and I'm kind of proud. I'm, kind of, I'm like, that's actually the best negative review I can imagine. It. I'll take it. <laughs> um, Ashton, are there any positives you want to bring about from this episode? Uh, I'm sure that there are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate how much it does connect to the real world. Um, and I think black mirror typically does a really good job of that. Um, but, like, even beyond the Trump comparison of Waldo being, like, a raging asshole, um, like, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, was a comedian who was writing mm-hmm. political comedies and having a show before he became president mm-hmm. and, like, was able to build this relationship, making fun of the community that he then wanted to, you know, be in charge of. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think it's really clear that there's something about comedy that gets people to like kind of like uh, put down their judgments in a way to what like people are actually arguing for if it makes them smile yeah even no, at that, someone else's I mean, expense that makes perfect sense to me because I, I know right after trump was elected in 2016 i remember hearing like chatter of people being like we need to find our own trump, like a celebrity that we can put up there you know like somebody known for movies and stuff like, that's the stupidest idea we could go with. But also, I get it. Like, people gravitate to names they already know and people who entertain them. It's sad and pathetic, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, Ashton, as, as a film scholar, uh, have you seen, uh, gosh, what's his name? Meet John Doe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminded me. I mean, obviously, Frank Capra is like the exact opposite of Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's kind of the same thing where someone invents a, 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 an anti-political character to try to influence an election, and um, also along the same lines of like network, not network. Um, mm-hmm. What's the movie? The, uh, I'm I was reminded of. No, that's network. I was reminded of Canada oh, a lot. Uh, which uh, one's that? Canada is um, a Robert Redford film. Oh, um, okay. From 1972, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I remember um, that now. But yeah, where it's just like they like pick some random guy and like mm-hmm. they have no expectations of him actually winning. And then spoilers in the end when he actually wins, it's this oh shit moment of like what the <laughs> fuck do we do now? Because you were never supposed to get this far. Kind of like Waldo gets further than he was supposed mm-hmm. to. <laughs> and so. again, according to rumors. Some candidates uh, didn't actually intend on winning anything, and suddenly we're in charge of the entire country. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> but it's, it's an interesting like trope in the way in film in mm-hmm. TV of this like you know the only way they shake up the establishment is to have an outsider come in that is totally clueless and doesn't know anything but their only stance is f all this right um, yeah. it's like you would think we could find a middle ground of someone <laughs> who isn't establishment and isn't you know part of that system but also has some sort of stance or have some sort of substance and that it's just so funny that like it has to be one extreme or the other mm-hmm. yeah. now, i will point out that this episode consistently like when you read like rankings of blank mirror black mm-hmm. mirror episodes there's 23 total episodes the highest this is rated on anyone's list is number 18 <laughs> like it's normally like 22 23 like it's some people do think it's the worst episode of the whole series I don't know about that, but I can see its flaws. There are more flaws than the other episodes we've watched so far, I think. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to talk about some flaws, also, I didn't think the comedian was very funny. Like, no. it was just brass. No, and maybe, that was, maybe that's the point. But, like, yeah. I would have, I would have, I don't know. I don't know if that was intentional or I was like, it would make more sense if he actually was witty and at least to some degree, yeah. at least from his insults. Yeah, no, because. They even say, like the politician says, like all you do is if you you do a one liner, if you can't come up with a one liner, you just curse. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's not actually like entertaining. Which, you know, in real world, I can at least say that sometimes these people can be funny. There's a reason why people like like to listen to them. I don't understand it myself, but I at least get that like an entertaining person is fun to listen to. Waldo's mm-hmm. not really funny. Yeah, or there's some level of charisma, or you know, if, if right. you're into that, um, there's yeah, there's some entertainment value. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought the I thought the the caricature of Waldo was also just it literally was like a Teletubby or you know a, a child <laughs> thing with just an R-rated just turned on to R-rated setting. Like the concept, yeah. I could, of the show that he originally starts with, I could get. Like where you invite people on thinking it's a children's show and then you gotcha and like it's vulgar and everything. Okay, I can see that working. But like people continuing to laugh because he just like says, hey, buddy, fuck you. And everyone's like, ha it's hilarious. I, I, I don't know that it's that funny. Like, well, also, like, wouldn't a major politician know, like, do some research? I mean, I know like Ali G was a thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe I guess this was the first people time. People for it. Maybe this was the first time they did that gag, but it seems I was curious about how that the logistics of that. I did like um, Gwendolyn's uh, campaign manager. He just was like so over. I forget he had, he had some line that was just like again, or you ready to go today? He, <laughs> I thought he was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say this is the worst episode. I, I think yeah. it's actually somewhat more watchable. Like, <laughs> at least like, it's not making you like going to go into a room and cry, at least on like a human level. It makes you want to cry for like the political establishment, but at least like, it's not making you like crap. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, think about my dead husband or something like that. What <laughs> <laughs> a fun series, Jason. Thanks for that picking is, it. Yeah. Um, um, Cause I love fun. But uh, yeah, it's it's not that kind of depressing. Like and again, I watched it in 2013, and I thought it was kind of forgettable more than anything. Yeah, uh, it does feel less forgettable now just because it actually like came happened. true. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it happened in a way, and so like now I can look at it and go, oh wow, it's crazy that all these things actually happened. These parallels there. But, like, as an episode just on its own as a piece of TV, yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's fine. Yeah, actually, you, you bring up a good point because I, mem- I know I watched the first two seasons back, mm-hmm. back you know, whenever they were available. And this is the one I remember the least. Mm-hmm. But again, as far as what we've seen, I think this is probably the clo- this is by far the closest to reality. It actually is right. happening. <laughs> right. Ironically. Um,. <laughs> Ashton, do you have any closing thoughts before we give the ranking? Yeah, um, I was going to ask you guys what you thought about like the actual style and like shooting of the episode because um, it didn't work for me, and I, it's one of those things that like the longer I sit with it, the longer it makes me like more irritated than the narrative itself. Um, because Higgins said he wanted to make it an action thriller, and I don't think that that fit 
the narrative at all what is supposed Mm -hmm. to be something that is more about character development uh and like trying to make action that way um there are some tracking shots that i thought were like nauseating in the shot (laughs) but um yeah i just wasn't sure if you guys like liked the way that it looked or if you noticed anything about it i guess that's just like what i study so that's what i pick up on the most yeah yeah totally Uh, i see what you're saying I'm, i'm a little ambivalent I think it was terrible. I didn't find it terrible, at least on, on this one viewing. I didn't have a chance to watch it the second time, and I didn't find it like exciting. Like the national anthem episode, the first episode, I thought was shot really well, like very yeah. kinetic and had real energy to it. Mm-hmm. And some of the other more ponderous episodes have, yeah, they're a little more slow in their shots and more you know, lingering. Um, I honestly can't even think of <laughs> anything yeah. of substance as far as style goes. There's, there's not a lot of style in this one. Like, I mean, it feels very yeah. cut and dried, I think. It's like, and that I may be thought, part of the reason why it doesn't impact quite the same way, you know? Yeah. It's like, I think that like he tries to do the action thing, but then it is boring, which makes mm-hmm. it seem worse. And then there are some shots that were like way too dark. For like the character, yeah. like especially when they had the mm-hmm. American agent on screen, which was a scene that I was really interested in. If you guys had any thoughts on it, um, but like oh, yeah. they did not light for dark skin, and like he's supposed to be hidden in the shadows, but they make him only white eyes instead of mm-hmm. actually taking into account that it's a black character, which I thought was interesting, and it's very two thousand tens. Yeah, so. you bring up an interesting point because you know some because we're streaming everything now. It's all compressed weird, yeah. and sometimes black mm-hmm. levels come out very strange. Um, and sometimes, especially if it's HDR content, it look it can look really washed, like really yeah. like too dark on my TV. So yeah, mm-hmm. I remember when it was starting. Especially there's like a scene where he's like in the in his hotel room or something like that, where you first meet him. He's like behind the glass. He's on the phone with someone, which we never actually find out what that was about. Yeah. Um, and I was like, is this going to be one of those really too dark episodes? But then they're outside and okay, it's too bright. So again, I, it's hard for me to tell if it was a Netflix issue or my TV issue, but yeah, yeah, I see what you mean now. And uh, yeah, that, that, that scene was, again, really hinted at something larger that would have been interesting, which you could have easily done like a two-parter or something like that. Like, you know, it mm-hmm. really could have had, you know, they could have had Waldo win, but then like this agent trying to push him to, to go international or, you know. Um, have like all these other people like a Waldo training uh, center to like train other people <laughs> to be Waldo. Um, like I'm trying to think of what that agent was really wanting to do, or just like franchise Waldo, yeah. like get the rights to Waldo. Well, I mean, I think on like a political level, you know, they Waldo was supposed to be this anti-establishment guy, mm-hmm. but very quickly the establishment comes in and goes, "Hey, can we mm-hmm. use you?" And exactly. uh, you know. <laughs> A lot of times, your populist guy is actually just a tool uh, for somebody yep. bigger. Yeah, I mean, anyone on any any major levels become a tool for something. Mm-hmm. But, right. um, but obviously, what the well, I would think they're doing is like, okay, we we don't like this candidate in this one country. Let's go grab Waldo and, and, and throw him in that election just to disrupt the election yep. to manipulate the ones that we want to manipulate. Um, I'll, but again, I'll, I'd be curious on a like international level how people would react. Knowing that Waldo is, you know, an English thing, but now he's showing up in uh, China or Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, would people just be excited because it's a celebrity, or would they be like, "Oh no, we know it's just a copy"? Yeah, would they care? I don't. I don't know that that ending makes much sense. Like, it's supposed to, I guess, be kind of the like dystopia kind of thing. Like Waldo's taken over. How that happened, I don't know. He didn't even win like a local election in Britain, so that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But I don't know. It would make more sense if it was like a different version. Like, this is Wendy, the new Waldo. <laughs> you know, they like they like try to make one individual to each culture. I, but maybe that's just not easy to translate that quickly in that short scene. Um, yeah. All right, let's do our reading. Uh, Ashton, you're our guest. We do zero to five, five being the best, zero being the worst. Where do you put this episode? So. Right now, I'm probably sitting at a strong two. Um, It is a Black Mirror episode I will probably never want to revisit, other than 
if trying to like dissect parts of it uh, and be like, this is what I don't like about it. I think there are some good points. And I think that if given the space to really fill out the narrative, it could have been a really like great subject, but where it stands as it is, it isn't something that I would return to. So getting the two. <laughs> um, which have you seen all black mirror? Have you just been watching along with what we've been doing? Um, so I had originally watched the first two seasons and then sporadically anything else. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I'll pick up that. Yep. Which yeah. have which have been your favorite episodes, at least as far as the first two seasons? Well, I would say I'm pretty standard in the fact that like I really love White Bear. Uh, it was the first episode I saw. It was uh, I did a film analysis on it in my very first mm-hmm. film class. And so um, I was like really excited to unpack that. And so that one has typically been the one that like sticks out in my mind. Um, but anything from the first season, really, I like like all of them i think that they're all like mm-hmm. really really fleshed out and look great and like have really like strong things to say and this one i think is the first one that like actually disappoints in comparison to those cool all right jody what's your rating yeah. i'm gonna go a little bit higher because i mean probably just <laughs> i can't divorce myself from reality happening in sure. this cartoon and so I'm going to say a three just because I feel like it does hit on some really interesting things that happen to, you know, actually happen. And so that's very interesting to me. Again, when I watched it the first time, I am mostly forgot it. Like it, it, it's just not a very, there's not a lot to stick with you. Um, I've watched exactly the same way you have though, where I've watched the first two seasons, like early on when they came out. And I think, season three is when it started being on Netflix, right? Like that's when they started producing them. So it was all BBC for season one and two season three started Netflix. I'm excited to get into the rest of these because I haven't seen most of them. I don't already have preconceived opinions about them. Like I did with everyone I've seen so far. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, I think of the original batch of six BBC episodes, probably the weakest. I don't hate it, but it's, it's, it's pretty forgettable outside of the weird real world connections that it comes up with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna split the difference and go 2.5. <laughs> um, it's not the best. I, I would say this is terrible. It's watchable. Um, yeah. sure. Yeah. And also again, you have to think about when it came out. Yeah. I'd probably go like a two, like, okay, this is just kind of whatever, but you know, looking back on it now, like, Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a little too real, so I'm kind of in the middle between all that. Totally um, fair. But yeah, I, I, we have a, we have one more to go for the second season. But you know, again, I, I say all these oh, right. are much more watchable. <laughs> None of them are as bad as uh, Tales of the Crypt season seven. I'll say yeah, that absolutely. <laughs> I can't yeah. think of anything. <laughs> anything in that it. season. I forgot about the the, the Christmas special. Uh, we get John Ham next time. John Ham, least. I know. That's John Ham, so that's already a plus. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, our, our next guest on the show, John Ham. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. He'd love to come on our podcast. John Ham, if you're listening, if your agent's listening, give us a ring. <laughs> if John Ham's agent happens to be listening to this particular episode, please call us within the next week. We, we are on a tight schedule here. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that wraps up our episode review. Uh, Mondo's out tonight, but Jody has agreed to step in for the song of the day. I'm just running this thing. Uh, you get to hear me talk too much, which is great. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we talked about how um, Waldo was inspired by the Gorillas, and I love Gorillas as a band. I've always liked them all the way since uh, it was before Feel Good Inc. What was that song? Uh, Ain't happy. I'm feeling sad. Uh, Clint yeah, Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great song. Really loved that one. I remember it playing at parties when I was in college and stuff like that. Um, then they had their album with Feel Good Inc. Um, Demon Days. Demon Days is a fantastic album that I've listened to. Very few albums get listened to all the way through these days. Like a lot of times it's just singles. Uh, but Demon Days is a great album all the way through. It's weird conceptually. They've got a whole storyline there. Love it. Love that one. But the one I want to talk about today is their newest album. came out in 2023 called Cracker Island. 
And Cracker Island is about a quasi-religious cult uh, with a cult leader. And it just felt appropriate for, I want to say for this episode, but maybe for the last six years of our lives. You know, it just <laughs> felt appropriate. And so, uh, yeah, the, um, the song I'm picking is the title track of that. It's Cracker Island. It is a great song. Uh, Thundercat is on there doing some cool bass stuff. It's just great. I, I still love Gorillaz. I won't say that Cracker Island is as good as something like Demon Days, uh, but the whole album's pretty good. It's a lot more like dreamy, you know, like there's a lot more slow stuff, which is not my favorite version of Gorillaz. Uh, but uh, when they when they hit, they really hit. New Gold is really good. Tame and Paula's on that one. Uh, just a, a really good CD. So yeah, check that out. I don't have the kind of background information that Mondo does, but I can at least say I've listened to them for 20 years. So there we go. Well, that's very thematically appropriate on many levels. I'll, yeah. I approve. And also this throws just a weird track into Mondo's playlist. So I enjoyed getting to do that. We love messing with <laughs> algorithms. All right. Which is a great, especially when you have kids and they use your Spotify account to listen to their Ooh. songs. So yeah, no. Uh, after a couple of uh, the year in review, th- the Spotify rap deals that mm-hmm. have like Baby Shark on it, I'm like, okay, we're getting the family account. And we can all split off at our own little Spotify's. Right. All right. Now, Jody, give us some horror news. All right. So let's start with movie releases. So we've actually had a couple big ones uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, first off, Lisa Frankenstein, which was just in theaters, is already out on VOD. I think it came out uh, yesterday, or I guess that doesn't mean anything to anybody. The 26th, 27th, somewhere right around there. Uh, yeah, I was surprised because BGH did the review, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen it yet, but I'll just watch it. I was listening to see if it's any good, because I probably won't get to it for at least a couple weeks. Yeah. And then I heard it was coming on digital so quickly, I was like, okay, I'll wait. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Uh, apparently, it came out on February 9th was the original movie release, so what's it, wow. like two weeks, two and a half weeks? It's crazy. Wow. I mean... I appreciate the shorter release windows because I don't make it to the theater as much, but it's kind of wild to see stuff that quick. Well, I wonder if they're planning that ahead of time or if they're looking at the numbers and they're saying, okay, well, no one's, it's kind of done with its theatrical. So let's just push it real fast to digital. Um, I guess it's not like in the days of like DVD or VHS where like they had to print everything and have it ready. So now they can just push a button and then just upload it. Um, so I guess that's interesting. So they, they probably are looking at the, the analytics and seeing that if it's tapering out, they still want to get it while yeah. it's still in the public conscious. And I feel like it's it's also probably a side effect of like still trying to figure out what to do post COVID, like even mm-hmm. though it's been several years now, because that's when the release windows got real weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, my Walmart still closes at 11 o'clock instead of being open all night. Like I, I just, there's all these like continuing effects that drive me crazy. But Getting movies faster does not drive me crazy. Makes me very happy. Uh, speaking of, another movie I've been very exciting, excited to watch that I haven't seen yet, Poor Things, just mm-hmm. came out on VOD as well. Okay. Very excited about this one. It, I don't think it played near me, so I'm. I, this is my chance to finally watch it. Yeah, I saw it in the theater I, a couple of weeks ago, and I loved it. Actually, um, I saw it at the, yeah, I saw it the world premiere at Telluride Ooh. Film Festival. Right. Um, and so I got to watch like him introduce it uh like the director oh, cool. and it was phenomenal it was so so good was i'm it so Emma excited Stone for there? everyone to watch it uh she was not it was during the strikes so uh, right, a right. lot of actors didn't come to the festival which that's I the supported, kind of movie but... i'd feel weird watching if like emma stone was in the audience <laughs> <laughs> She puts on a hell of a. She puts on an amazing performance, but it's also a very revealing yeah. performance. So that would be just kind like, of <laughs> like her parents are sitting there. Like that sounds like yeah. some sort of like Larry David situation. <laughs> Curb your enthusiasm. He has to watch his daughter perform in a movie that makes him uncomfortable. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ash, another. Do you movie. have any uh, as a film scholar? Do you have any uh, thoughts on that movie you want to share? Um, I. I mean, I think it does a really good job of having, like, starting conversations about, like, female sexuality and, like, what, like, starting conversations about what do we really consider consent. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of people have already started writing about that. 
Um, but also just like bringing back Frankenstein in a new fun way, which is like the theme apparently of like this last year. Um, yeah, right. And I'm not angry at it. Like I'm no. really excited to bring back these themes. Like I loved vampires. I'm good to let them go for a little bit. I'm good to let zombies go for a little bit. Um, I would like werewolves to come back in a more exciting way. Um, but I'm really happy with the Frankenstein moment. And so I think how it's... Many, yeah. How many different Frankensteins have we had recently? We, I mean, I just... Lisa Frankenstein, Birth Poor Rebirth. Things, Birth, Birth Rebirth. Rebirth. Um, the Angry Black Girl. Um, the Black... Yep. Uh, and then there's another one that just came out uh, on VOD that I was going to mention called Frankenstein's Legacy. It's a Victorian era Frankenstein movie. Just a, another another Frankenstein out there. Well, I think Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal is making a Frankenstein movie. Mm-hmm. I forget. There's more to it than that, but yeah. I, I know. Actually, I know you listened to Plug It Up um, as well. Um, yeah. And they've been talking about that a lot too. And I'm wondering whether it's a reaction to like the Roe v. Wade um, oh. overturning. Where like the idea of you know body autonomy and you know life. I mean, I definitely think, yeah, I definitely think that that could be an inspo for it. Um, And I know that they pushed the film out a little bit faster than they were initially expecting, and I think it's because of it it being so timely in like women fighting for their own bodily rights and like. Mm -hmm trying to figure out like exactly where other people draw the lines for your own body and like how do you even work with that idea um so yeah i mean and you look at the um alabama ivf decisions yeah it's like it, fucking wild it's like yeah we're like in we're in some weird sci-fi bullshit but um here i'll talk about fun things again yeah go something right. fun so yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we got another movie that I just heard about for the first time that is already out uh, called Red Right Hand that just got released. Mm, okay, uh, It's kind of a southern action, like violent thriller with Orlando Bloom in it. Uh, Andy McDowell oh. is in it. Uh, <gasps> I mean, I, I like any time I get a movie with southern accents in it that they're not barefoot hillbillies. So I'm already oh. happy. We're, we're right in my wheelhouse. And uh, it, Orlando Bloom. Talking yeah. with a southern accent and kicking ass, like that's a good time. I'll it's have Legolas, a good time man. with it. Legolas, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so those are all releases. Now let's talk trailers. Uh, we got our first trailer for The Watchers, uh, which is the directorial debut of Ishana Knight Shyamalan, so M Knight's daughter. Uh, you know, it's it's got that Shyamalan mystery to it. Yeah, that I, can go great or flop horribly it's that's how it how all of his movies are yeah i watched that earlier today i'm like i don't know what the hell this is yeah, <laughs> i can't even tell <laughs> if it good gonna be good or bad at all like no read on it whatsoever so. i get that <laughs> uh so another one though that i actually am very excited for i don't have mixed feelings about at all is a movie called boy kills world mm. with bill skarsgård jessica roth it's this ridiculous action movie where Bill Skarsgård can't talk, uh, but he has this inner voice, and his inner voice is played by H. John Benjamin, uh, the voice of Bob Belcher and Archer. Uh, and he only has one voice; it's the only voice he ever uses. That, but it's so perfect for this because it's it's the wrong voice, but it's the right voice. I, I can't wait. I love it. It looks like a big, like over the top, like '80s B movie, but not bad like it's not a bad movie on purpose it's a ridiculous movie on purpose and that's all i need i need ridiculous <laughs> um and blood there's a lot of blood in it too i think good all right more uh Liarmouth is a new movie from john waters his first movie <gasps> in 20 years uh and aubrey plaza is going to be starring in it yeah i mean is there oh, anything bad about that? that? No, there's not. That's so good. Yeah, I'm an Aubrey Plaza stand. I love uh, Ingrid Goes West. Is criminally underrated. I I like Aubrey Plaza, and then you add in again John Waters' first John movie Water. since The Dirty Shame twenty years ago. Like, yes, give it to me. Love it. All right, last things. I have uh, video game stuff. I don't talk video games all the time. But there's actually a lot of video game stuff that I want to mention. Um, kind of horror ish 
I guess. Uh, Elden Ring's DLC, The Shadow of the Erd Tree, uh, just had its first trailer. I loved Elden Ring. It's not my type of game usually. I'm not a Soulsborne kind of guy, uh, but I loved it. It was a lot of fun. But unfortunately for me, I'm going to have to replay the entire game from the start because I started a new game plus after beating it. And now I have this DLC with a weak ass character that just started. So uh, I have until <laughs> June 21st to play my entire character again. I think I, I can pull it off. Uh, another bit of news, Dead Island 2. If you are on Xbox Game Pass, which if you have an Xbox, you absolutely should have Game Pass. It's like $15 a month and you get hundreds of games. Uh, Dead Island 2 is now on that. Uh, my son's been playing it. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, zombies break apart piece by piece in this game. Like when you hit them, like an arm might fall off, a jaw might fall off, a head might fall off. It's like they have a whole engine dedicated to dismemberment. So, you know, that's oh. fun. Yeah. And then finally, last piece of video game news, uh, a game from the studio Outer Minds, uh, a Turbo Kid adaptation as a video game uh, is coming out uh, on Steam on April 10th. Uh, are y'all familiar with Turbo Kid? Oh yeah, I love Turbo Kid. I no. love Turbo Kid. It's from the uh, director collaborative, collaborative, like there's four of them or three of them, KRSS, I think is what they're called. They did uh, Summer of 84. Like that was one of their movies. Turbo Kid is this ridiculous over the top, like BMX 80s inspired, like adventure thing, but it's super bloody and it looks super cheap. And it is so much fun. I love it so much. <laughs> and the game looks like it's right along those same lines. Yeah. So. It's just so random for after this long to make a game out of that. And, yeah. No, but I, I, I love Turbo Kid, so I'm happy about it. Doesn't make much sense to me, but I, I'm down for more of this. And apparently the game is just as like ridiculous, over the top, bloody, everything like that. But it's a, a uh, like pixel art type 2D thing. Yeah. So, yeah, oh. that's fun. That's a good time. Um, two other, I'm gonna let somebody else talk. Yeah, two other <laughs> uh, video game things I saw. Apparently, and I haven't didn't read the whole art. Won't read the article. I saw the headline, but there is a paranormal activity game coming out that they announced okay. today. Oh, which again, you know, another franchise that you know was really hot like ten years ago. <laughs> On the line now, they're doing a game, but sure, why not? Um, and then, of course, Horror Queen Barbara Crampton is getting a character in the Texas Chainsaw game. Um, yep. I think I think it's called Mother or something like that. Um, but it's like she's the skin of the digital skin, not the literal skin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're using for a DLC character. So if you ever want to fulfill your fantasy of playing as Barbara Crampton, now's your chance. Rad. I, I, I may have had fantasies about Barbara Crampton, but I was not playing as her. <laughs> I've got to stand next to her, so I'm, I, I can, you know. Yeah. I've been, I've been that close to greatness. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite Twitter moments is when she liked one of my tweets. I was like, this is, this is it. I could quit. Yeah. I could quit social media now. <laughs> I've achieved it. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Moving on to our out of touch dad moments. Um, Ashton, did you have a chance to get something? I have a backup if needed. Yeah, I came up with um, a couple. Uh, I wasn't sure if I accidentally missed one. Um, The first one that I thought, I don't know if you guys um, know, is a a minty bee. A a what? A minty bee. Like a min or mint? Mint with a T. Minty bee. Television. I'm assuming mint means something really good, so or refreshing. Like I, I'm just picturing someone go, yeah, man, that's real mint. <laughs> um, Jason's making his own slang. I know. Well, again, Ashton's a teacher, so she's really I'm, you're really connected with the young people, and also compared to us, you're a young person. So. I mean, I have young people over my house, but I don't I don't think I've heard this one. Yeah, I haven't heard this one. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my guess. It's a really good TV. Yeah, Jody, do you have a guess? Uh, mint TB B like mm-hmm. boy, oh TB. Okay. I thought it was TV like television. Mint TB. No, minty B like yeah. Minty like oh. minty like. 
Okay. Um, I got nothing. I, yeah. like, I, I I know better than to try. Last week we had a hot dog that's called a glizzy. I mean, you know, words don't make sense. I got nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, a minty B is a mental breakdown. So uh, when you're having okay. a bad time, you're just having a minty B. It's like girl code for a bad day. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And minty okay. B. Wait, yeah. minty. Like minty, like mental, and then yep. B for breakdown. Okay. That's right. Got it. Got it. Well, maybe, okay. Cool, you cool. Know, I, I don't really have a problem with this one. My son always says he's been traumatized by things he definitely has not been traumatized by. Like, <laughs> I've been traumatized because I, you know, didn't make it in time for the show I wanted to watch, you know, that kind of thing. So I get yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's having a minty bee at the time. Got it. Exactly. I'm going to pull that out and they're going to go, wow, dad, you're so cool. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right. What else you got for us? Um, I also have uh, the word bussin. Okay. Bussin. Yeah, I think I know that. One. That's just like that one, something yeah. really good. Like the food's really bussin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, I was like, that one I do have. Yeah. That I would never more say popular. It. I would never say it you because pull I was around 150 years old the moment it came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm at least aware of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, no, those are the two that my students uh, like to say when we're critiquing each other's short films. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was a bus and shot. And I was like, mm, that's not how we critique things, but sure. If it shows support. That, that was an extreme close-up, actually. <laughs> nice. I took a, I took a semester of uh, film studies in college 20 years ago. It's like, I'm on my uh, 15th semester of film studies. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the first semester I've ever had anyone describe a scene like that. So, okay. yeah. Pretty good track record then before the slang and like completely took over. Exactly. You've got the co- the kids who went to high school during COVID now. They don't remember how words work. They're still yeah. figuring things yeah. out. They're they're still adjusting, like truly still adjusting to figuring out in person classes again. Nice. Great. We're doing great. We're all yeah. doing great. everything is fine. <laughs> okay. Uh going to our Patreon pit. If you come to become a Patreon, you can uh vote in our Would You Rather questions. Also, uh we released two new Simpsons Trios of Horror episodes uh this month. So we're back on that. Uh those are always good fun. Uh, okay, our episode uh sorry, our question of the week is would you rather would you rather be able to eat anything you want and have it be perfectly nutritious? Or have to only sleep one hour a day and be fully rested. I am used to living on very little sleep. And usually it's not an issue. So I'm going to go with eating everything because I do enjoy eating. It is one of my (laughs) favorite hobbies. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know anything about me, I like to eat. So I'd rather have the... uh... As someone who had their cholesterol and A1C uh, tested yesterday, um, I'd go with the perfect. Also, I'm thinking if you eat one hour a day, that means you're going to be eating an extra meal a day, which means you're just going to have to be extra careful on what you're eating because you're taking Mm -hmm. in that much more calories and whatever else. It would be nice to be able to be more productive and just have more time in the day. I don't care if I'm productive all day long. That's... (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't have to be productive all my life. I, I'm fine with not being productive, uh, but I do like eating. So yeah, <laughs> there's no question about that one for me. Like it's instant. Yeah, Ashton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I also would say the eating, but for the opposite reason of I am like a, a snack and go person. Like I'll just have back to back classes between like taking classes and teaching, and I'll just eat like whatever I can grab in 15 minutes and then like that is it so if I could eat like two snacks and then have everything be healthy and like be full that would be great and also I love my bed 
I love like just <laughs> laying there, even if I'm not yeah. sleeping. Like I don't want to give that up. <laughs> I mean, think of all the cheese curds you can eat. So many cheese curds. Like I, I no, I went to Wisconsin for work uh, a couple years ago, and everyone kept talking about the cheese curds. So I, I was like, okay, fine. That's, but I had some. I was like, okay, that's pretty damn good. Even like the one at the airport, yeah. I was like really impressed with. Um, and I was at I was there for a conference, and they literally had like three tables of different people selling cheeses at the conference. Like nice. not that wasn't part of the conference, but it was just like as a welcoming thing. It's like just like a side. <laughs> they had people selling cheeses. So I'm like, okay, you really are about the cheese. It's not just a, yeah, not just a stereotype. Very much so. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I've, I've, been, I've been doing a thing lately. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show yet, that um, we've been teaching my kids to cook. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's a new thing at my yeah. house. And so what that means, though, is like my kids are being very, they're like cooking like a day a week. So they get to be like big and experimental and all this stuff. I got to have corned beef and cabbage and potatoes today for lunch. I've had, my kids have made enchiladas. Uh, we've made... Uh, homemade lasagna from scratch last week. Like my kids are making me eat so much food lately that I have to, I mean, honestly, I need that first one. Like it's not even a would you rather, I need that before no. I die. Uh, been, because it's so much good food. Now you've been posting those pictures. So when you say lasagna yeah. from scratch, they make the pasta or they do a No, 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 not, not, not okay. quite that level. I don't have a pasta maker. So that's okay. a little more complicated, but no, no but no, I mean no. like, you know, from from base level of buying noodles, everything else is, no, that's is great. made from scratch. Like yeah, uh, like, corn beef, like corn beef. I'm, was that like that was like a prepackage? Uh, it was a corned beef. You put the little spice packet and everything okay. as you cooked it. So yeah, it's you're not corning your own beef, but it is a corned beef thing. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Well, I'm not judging. But I've, I've always, I my wife bought me a corned beef kit <laughs> for like Father's Day or something one year, and yeah. it's one of those things that like I loved. I would love to do it. It's just really time intensive. It takes like a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're basically like pickling meat. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. a complicated process. Yeah. It's really good. And if you like mess up like one step, it's all contaminated and it's just too intimidating. It's like, yeah. All right. Anyway. So for our, as far as our questions concerned, again, our patrons are pretty much 50, 50 um, on this one. Um, one person, a uh, friend, Andy um, said with one hour sleep and, uh, with one hour of sleep, so much time would give me so much time for being creative, and that would be amazing. So I get that. Yeah. Nice, yeah. I, I I could see having more time for creativity and pursuits like that. Like that would be fun. Like mm -hmm. for productivity, I don't, I ain't working those extra hours. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and now we come to our advice section to wrap things up. Ashton, you are our guest. Um, as someone who teaches about film, I was wondering if maybe you could give us some advice on how to be a more active film watcher. Yeah. Um, I feel like I preach this most weeks when I try to get my students to watch clips from films that even watching the clips are hard for them to do. Um, <laughs> the number one thing that you can do is put your phone in the other room because... <laughs> Yeah. It is. And it's like, it's not even a younger generation thing. It is like truly having the like additional screen next to you. Like I also am constantly checking my phone as if something's going to happen in the, you know, one hour, 30 minutes that I'm watching this movie. Um, so like, that's the number one thing that you could do, but also just like picking stuff that like you're actually excited about, like get excited about film again um, I feel like a lot of people really have gotten into like short content, whether that be YouTube videos or even things shorter like TikToks um, where you get everything at once. But like, I think to get back into film, there has to be just like some retraining. And I think mm -hmm. that you should start by just things that like you are really interested and really love and like taking a chance on those instead of trying to make yourself watch an art film when you don't care about neorealism in Italian film. Like that's not going to happen. You're not going to care and you're going to want to check your phone. So yeah. That makes yeah. perfect sense to me. Yeah. I, when I watch Italian movies, they're, they're jellos. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, what I, I took a film course in high school. It's like very basic. Uh, that like everyone like okay we get to watch movies but the guy taught us about being active being an active film watcher and thinking about composition and shots and mm-hmm. all that stuff and it really has affected me in the way i watch film ever since um that was a very influential on me it's like the first time we watched psycho and a bunch of we had like watched some hitchcock which again <laughs> in that day in the 90s you know that was cool i don't know if that would go now or um what that would be like but um yeah um i watched american fiction uh last night have you seen that one i have not that's the one with jeffrey does it right yeah um yeah that was really good um i've heard good things about it i haven't seen it yet yeah i'm not too up on what's going on with the i mean oscars have kind of fallen off i remember when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and that was like the biggest thing like oh my god but now I i feel like the veil's been kind of dropped on that I think being a horror fan soured mm-hmm. me on the Oscars many, many years ago because it's basically the most ignored yeah. genre. So, yeah. I mean, the fact that Poor Things is so nominated is actually a miracle. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I think Emma Stone has a really good chance of winning. Uh, I don't know about anything else. Every now and then the Oscars finds a horror movie that's already enough that they can pretend it's not a horror movie and then mm-hmm. they get to, you know, say, we don't exclude anybody. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was kind of still hoping Shin Godzilla, uh, Shin Godzilla, uh, Godzilla minus one might get a little bit more. Yeah, right? they got they got one, so they can you know. But all right, well, I think that wraps up another episode. Ashton, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people follow you? Find you? Um, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I don't post a lot. But, you know, I post some stories now and again about some film reviews. It is ashton.a.leach with a L-E-A-C-H, not L-E-E-C-H. Um, <laughs> but that's really all that I use for socials. Um, I'll post some of my writings there if they come out of the paywall. <laughs> uh, sweet. Uh... I didn't put down the name of the episode, but we'll be doing... What was it called? White Christmas. White Christmas. All right, next week we'll be reviewing Black Mirror Season 2, Episode 4, with the lovely John Hamm, White Christmas. Uh, We appreciate everyone for listening. We'd really appreciate if you give us a rating review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, check out our YouTube for videos of these podcasts, and check us out on Dads from the Crypt Talk. With that, we thank you for listening to... Dads from the Crypt. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs> no, seriously, you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. Ha, 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 